get it someday If I go the wrong way The love is coming from me When I'm under your light I've been drinking on a Sunday Like it's Saturday night But all I need is one thing And I'll be alright If I get it someday if I go the wrong way, the love is coming from me when I'm under your light. How have you been dealing with this wave? Because I know it's been harder on most people. Well, the thing is, like, work hasn't changed at all for me other than, like, getting less busy. Because, I mean, I'm still, like, I'm not at my main job, but I'm working at the job that I'm at right now. And it's just, it's a little different just because... I'm going to work full days, but nobody's doing anything. So why, why would people be renting vehicles? You can't go anywhere. You're literally locked down to your region. So I don't know. I mean, other than, other than work, I mean, home life's been chill. I mean, it's, I can't, I can't complain really. I'm, I'm just, and staying busy with my podcast, with my music and everything else. Like I, that's the only way that I'm staying afloat right now and and it's working so and you're, you're a lot like me you like to not keep to yourself like you and me like to get out and show with the homies and such but like when yeah. COVID happened this doesn't really shift from the situation in the setting that we would prefer to be in anyways kind of with no. our thoughts and feelings trying to figure out things and for yourself you're an artist on multiple levels you just talked about it you you're a rapper slash singer an incredible writer on the aside from that and thank you thank you you just said man you're about to reboot the podcast I guess in terms of COVID and I just had my good friend Trevor Walter on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he talked about how one of the benefits with COVID was using his creativity to make a shitty situation something good. I guess mm-hmm. for you, have, have you been able to do that? I know we've heard a couple of singles over the last few months, which has been wonderful, and we'll get to that down the road. But for yourself, in, in your creative space, has COVID helped or hurt you? I think it's allowed me to see what time can really do on a person because we're given a situation where we've never actually had to go anywhere. We can literally just stay hungered down and work on our craft. And it's allowed me to see that I really haven't put as much time towards my music as I really could. It's, it's been a wake up call in that sense. I'm finding who I am as an artist a lot more, but at the same time, it's not so much pressure to find anything anymore. Cause it's, I'm just, doing it for me because I can't go see anybody. So I got to, I literally have to do it for me. There's, there's no other way around it. Yeah. It's something that I've noticed for a lot of people, even outside of art, people who work in an office setting, for example, having to shift to doing at home work, people who are in university, having to shift to at home learning, having to juggle. I mean, I know this myself, having to juggle, having a child at the house and being a father, the entire day while you're still trying to get your work done. It's been one of those situations for me where I I completely agree with you as much as you want to be in your space creatively and blossom. You have to think about that space that you're in more. And in some cases you really don't want to do anything. And have you hit that log jam at all over the last couple of weeks? Cause like I said, you've got the music coming out. The podcast is about to come out. So you've clearly been working, but has there been lows over the last few months? Yeah. I mean, it's just times where it's, I'm wondering if the, I'm not necessarily the direction is where I want to be going, but more or less my work ethic is really changing. And I think I need to focus on the work ethic because 
putting time and effort into that will allow me to in turn put more creativity into the content and the writing and music and the whole the whole package really it's weird man it's it's definitely been weird well you and i have talked about this because i'm similar to you like sometimes you need to take a break and yeah you've you've done that musically you've done that with the podcast and and you and i have talked off the air about how that has helped you recharge the batteries like when you quote unquote take a break like what is it you do i I mean we'll keep it g-rated um but like what is it that you kind of like break down to yourself like do you just literally sit there in your thoughts i know you're inspired by this art that is music but do you go for a walk do you go for a run do you keep busy i know it sounds like a silly question but um a lot of the people who, who who have been listening to my show over the last couple of weeks They've been saying, Chris, it's, it's pretty cool how you're humanizing the, the people you're talking to because you're asking them, you know, how are you dealing with this shit? We're all yeah. dealing with it in a different way. So yeah. when you are in that space to yourself, what are you doing? I'm gaming, basically. Straight up. What are you playing? What are you playing? I'm strictly Call of Duty. I, don't, oh, okay. I, I dabbled in the Need for Speed and I tried to play the whole GTA, but... COD just seems to, I, I get different people. You get to talk shit to people who you don't even really know, don't care about, so you're not going to see them. So, I mean, that's literally been an escape for me in the sense of, like, keeping my head not necessarily all the time focused on the music because then I'll just, I'll, I'll drain it out of me and I don't want to do that. So if it's not that, it's just watching movies, making food. Like, I, I'm cooking a lot more than I was before because... I'm home now and I'm not, I I can't go out as much. So it's nice to actually start making food at home again. And uh, as simple as that seems that and gaming, man, that's usually what my extracurricular time is other than (laughs) the music and work. That's, that's honestly like since you and I spoke last and this isn't even from a beginning of COVID thing, but just since we spoke last, I've really started cooking. Like I've been, yeah, man. these chicken recipes where i start on the barbecue and finish up on the pan just to give it a little sear which you're not supposed to do with chicken you're supposed to keep that shit juicy but i figured it out <laughs> um, and gaming is something that i honestly yeah, i drifted away from for years and covid really brought back to me um i'm a Fortnite guy cod man like i think i was behind with cod like once i See? got the playstation i felt like everybody i was playing with was 10 times better than me Fortnite, man everybody kind of sucks in their own special way so you can yeah. kind of like lean yourself to a win but i've never been never been a big fan of fortnite i've tried it and i the whole building aspect of it is just it it throws me off it's a whole different kind of multitasking that i don't want to do when i'm that's, video game that's what my buddy said he's like these kids you, you know we, we make fun of them that's a multitask like i don't know how oh it's crazy i've watched them build the towers and here i am trying to do it with my fingers and like these kids are laughing at me through the headsets like they're, and they're my teammates because they're the only people you can talk to they're laughing at me like the old guy can't build shit like i'm a l2 r1 l2 r1 which is literally like just a ramp yeah <laughs> like, i can't do it man i can't do it but it's fun man and you said it it's an escape and yeah. you know I, I had a situation on social media today that pissed me off and i've i've tried to use social media as an escape and i've it's been a theme of my show over the last few episodes i'm running away from it i'm i'm, I'm staying away from it and you've been a person that hasn't really been like fully active on it anyways like how have you observed the world in the social media sphere um, i guess over the last little bit it's been interesting to say the least Facebook's a f- dangerous place. I don't know if you curse on your show, but it's it, it's a dangerous place. My friend, you can curse all <laughs> you want. But it's 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 a dangerous place, man. It's a fucking dangerous place. And I and I 
I stay away from Facebook more now than I have ever in my entire life. Instagram, I can weed out the people that I don't want to see. Twitter, I can just pay attention to the people that I want to pay attention to. TikTok's just entertainment in itself. Just lit, like TikTok has just been entertainment for me because it's funny to see how such minute comedy can be so hilarious. And that's, that's, that's another escape for me. Cause I mean, that's, it's just, it's just so simple that it's, yeah. it's that good. I've never, I've never done the TikTok thing yet, but it reminds me of Vine when people just yeah. like what you just said, it, just, it reminds me of when Vine first came out and it gave me that same kind of feeling. I could sit there for hours and watch yeah. these little 10, 15 second clips because it's amazing how people can express themselves so creatively so quickly. You know, I hate on people who hate on TikTok because like you just said, you can properly curate and fixate that stuff to your enjoyment. You're not getting overly exposed or overly saturated to bullshit. Yeah. You're enjoying what you want to enjoy. I had to ask too before before we get into your have you heard your song on a like a really weird or random video yet? Because I know a bunch of artists when they release songs, there's just this weird like compilation of stuff. Has I've never really, looked. No? Oh. I haven't really looked. I, I might do that now that you say that. Because I, I don't I don't think basements on like a on TikTok or anything like that, but I know Saturday night is. But and it's no. like, I mean, Jesus, the title of the song alone, Saturday night, there might be, a, you might just be just could be right now. <laughs> yeah. Cause my buddy, but, I mean, he, he just released one song. Um, I don't even know, like two years ago now, and it's the last song he's released. And, and I mean, he actually made the song like five, six, seven years ago. Like it was awesome when you released the song. Cause we knew all the words to the song. Cause we had been listening to it in my buddy's basement for the last, like forever, six, seven years. And uh, it was weird him posting tiktok videos of the song and it's like people chilling in their yeah. in, in their in their passenger seat counting their money from a day's work one was a stripper and she was just like she had all her money laid out on the floor and i was like tiktok is crazy man but it'll blow up the the smallest of songs that you never thought not even songs anymore just sounds yep. that you never would have ever expected to blow up and it's it's a whole different media platform now than any of the other ones. Oh, it's, it's blown up. It's exceeded. I, I think it's exceeded Instagram for sure. I think it has. And I think that what it's done really well is it's defeated all of the other platforms because like you talk about Instagram, we, I just brought up Vine. It killed Vine when it ended up having the, the small form videos. Facebook knew exactly what they were doing when they killed that shit. Well, it killed musically too. Yes, it really truly did. It took away the freedom for independent artists because once you got to these more mainstream platforms, the big artists were the only ones whose music were allowed on them. And now even and now you can't even play a lot of the major. It's kind of reversed. Now you yeah. can play your song and have your songs and all the videos in the, and it'll get uh, played through. Yeah. But a major label artist, their song is going to get cut out and it's going to chip you. Like I couldn't even post a video the other day because it just kept saying uh, uh, UMG music group uh, property of this video. You can't post yeah. it. I'm trying to show love to the artist. Like I'm trying to promote yeah. them. I feel like if you promote the artist and you see it on, on Facebook a lot, when yeah. people post, as long as you put in the description, um, the music in this video doesn't belong to me. It belongs to blank. That should be clearance as far as I'm concerned, because if you're posting something, with you're that not music, taking, yeah, you're not taking yeah. the, you're, you're passing by the copyright to give the people that actually own the song. Yeah. The props, the respect and the actual royalties that are getting yep. used in that song. Yeah, Facebook has like the, the most minute payment methods, but that's how they do it. And Facebook, I feel like Instagram yeah. would be able, like Instagram is a, a less hyper speed TikTok. 
artists should be able to make money. I, I, I don't think artists make money off of music being in stories. And I think it should be like if I search an artist song for my story, the artist should get paid something from Instagram, even if it's just something small. Because I mean, well, I mean, because the they are limited platform. to 15 seconds, right? So, I mean, there's yeah, got to be like at least a, rule. <laughs> the fraction the fraction of what it would cost to, yeah. to stream that is probably the reasoning behind it. It is like, because I mean, you're you look at Spotify breakdowns and you're getting 0.008 of a cent yeah. or of a dollar to justify that with an instagram story which is only 15 seconds and you only get that 0.008 if you get the full stream so 15 seconds it's going to give you next to nothing so it's probably the justification behind it right now yeah it could change it very well could change and i I hope it it does me too well said well before the music business became something you had to get involved in you often Mm -hmm. speak when you do interviews in your music you started rapping when you were 14 kind of rewind back to that point brother because you and i met when you were how old i'm trying to figure it out were you like 2019 20 oh you just turned okay so yeah there you go so you were a rapper at that point i think your name was epidemic yeah. at that point you forward <laughs> most of the vowels were still intact yeah um but take yourself back then man like to when you were 14 years old who were like the mcs you were listening to who were your inspirations how did a guy from windsor junction get hooked <laughs> on hip-hop man i don't want to be so cliche but eminem was always the first one that really caught me the way i am that music video was game changer because i mean it showed emotion it showed passion it showed versatility it showed lyricism but i mean it was just the way that he could use the cadence to really carry that entire track it's it it's what caught me it it, it brought me in and then it was like the nellies with the like the country grammar the ride with me that that's that's essentially where it came down to i don't know like i just gravitated towards poetry i guess more than anything there was a time in junior high because it's 14 would have been grade eight i believe i think it was like a break like a breakup with this girl that i was dating at the time 14 year old dating right (laughs) right yeah exactly and i just and i just went off at like just clowning her in the in the written part of it. I never recorded any of it because there was no reason for that to ever come out. But I wrote it. I recall writing it in the back of my agenda because that was the only paper that I really wanted to use to write. And I wasn't using it for anything else, let's be honest. And uh, just basically wrote it like that. And a buddy of mine said he had, he could figure something out to record. And you know, those little, it was like that size of a mic that you oh, could yeah. like I'm ha- I'm take down or... I know exactly what might the logitech mic yeah, yeah yeah i know exactly what mic strictly because about. when like when you used to use the the computer microphone i didn't want to use that so we literally rigged that up taped it to the wall and used it like that I love those humble beginning stories because I remember our old Jimmy up studios too. It wasn't until we got down to Robbie Moser's place that we saw a studio for the first time. And even his was just a computer in a closet with a sheet over the, like, you know what I mean? It's still yeah, yeah, yeah. a ghetto studio, if you will. But hearing everybody's like humble, like first early beginning stories. And you said like, you know, the poetry, the girl broke your heart, but was it at that point? Like you said, you were in grade eight, grade nine, like where were you going to school and how did your friends, I guess, reciprocate the fact that you wanted to be a rapper? I was going to school at Lockview High School in Fall River. Friends weren't exactly the, like, the guy that I was recording with was about the only guy that really 
rode with me at the time because it was a lot of people like they would say that they fucked with it or to that extent anyways at the time but they definitely made fun of it more than anything and clowned it on the side or at least like you know those friends say like that kind of shit that's what they that's what they did to me when it came to be like yo yo and it's like no bro like this is like something that I actually felt passionate about at the time, I went through at least three, I want to say three, maybe four mixtapes in high school. Whoa, wow, shit. I didn't know. Damn. None of those are even like available. Like they may be available to whoever has them in the, like the physical copy. Cause like mine, I think yeah. like I put them, I put some of them on MySpace at the time when MySpace was MySpace. Yeah. And I went to go search them and I found them but I can't stream them. Oh, they don't play no. anymore. Oh, because MySpace no. is a whole different layout now. Yeah, yeah. And I could, like, I can literally see the tracks that I did and recorded and released. Can't do anything with them. Can't do a thing. So, yeah, that was high school. And, like, I left high school, went to university. But even in university, man, you 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 would know from then. But, like, I, I partied more than I did music. Well, I remember how drunk you were when, and I mean, I'm not trying to talk your business. Yeah, no, no, you're I good. How, I remember how drunk you were. <clears throat> like it was the end of that day. And for those who who haven't listened to our wonderful con- conversation on Mark's podcast, Party on a Podcast, uh, we kind of talked about how we first met, and we finished third or fourth in a beer pong tournament. Had a blast. Met a ton of people. You and I stayed in touch. Like we we're talking a decade now, a decade plus. I can't That's even think how crazy, many years bro. it's been, but it's crazy yeah. to think back. And I remember the freestyle you spit. And I don't even remember that. That's well, you were definitely drunk. <laughs> I remember I was buzzing, but I think I got sick twice at that point because we drank a lot of beer, man. But I remember that. I mean, at that point, I would have considered myself a dwindling rapper, but you know, I was well more into the taste. And I remember telling a bunch of people, yo, y'all gotta fuck with this rapper in Newfoundland. <laughs> this guy, this guy, his name is the epidemic. I think I called you the epidemic. I said, this yeah, guy's that's the fair. epidemic man. His name is Mark Walker. This guy. And I, I, again, I was said you were from Newfoundland. Like I didn't even know that you were a Scotian boy and yeah. I don't even remember who it was, but somebody had known who you were and they were like, Oh yeah, that guy, man, tough as nails, bro. Tough as nails. I'm telling <laughs> you right now, once he gets going, he don't stop. He don't quit. Can you still spit like that? Like, can you still drop a freestyle or are you like me and you got to sit down and write now? No, see, see what had happened was, uh, <laughs> no, man, I, I, I used to do it. And I was like, I had a trip with Mitchell Bailey. We, he had to go back to Cape Breton and we literally took the whole trip, had the most beats. I think we just either searched on BeatStars, YouTube or whatever we had on our phones. And we traveled the four hour trip to his place in Cape Breton from Halifax and just freestyle basically the entire way that or listening to friggin' Panda by designer. Cause that's when it came out. That's, that was, that was the time that we went and we just basically drove around the city freestyling, basically putting on every different beat. It's like, don't matter what you say, just keep going, keep rapping. And I haven't done that since just because I just like the whole art form of actually writing, sitting down and actually I don't, I don't put pen to pad like I used to, which is kind of what I would like to do. But at the same time, I just like the, the whole focus on writing. It allows me to connect wordplay and all that stuff a lot 
easier and a lot more fluently. So not, not so much nowadays. I, I get a vibe when people are around me to freestyle, like people always talk about, like I can do it when I'm by myself. But when there's people around me, I kind of get skittish. Like I find trying to spit by myself doesn't work, which is why I think my music career kind of went downhill because once those guys stopped making music, I didn't have the producers. I didn't have the studios to go to anymore, yeah. at least not the ones I didn't want to pay. Um, yeah. So I wasn't able to be in my own space and in my own area. And, and we talked about this on your show, like your writing process, your creative process. Is that something that's different now to then the epidemic, the forward to the epidemic EPDMC, which I always thought was kind of cool, like EPDMC, yeah. like what could EP stand for if it was an acronym? But of course it was just epidemic. And now <laughs> you're marked, which you've told me off air what it means, but I guess it's kind of like a two part question. Number one, like what's the difference between uh, epidemic, the full word and this marked fella. And number two, what was the difficult part about finding that bridge in between? I know you talk about how it's the same person, but you know, we yeah. talk about if it's the same person when you have Why a different change. Yeah. Like different persona, different personality, different perspective. But in your case, you've always talked about it being progression. Yeah. So I guess just kind of talk about the challenges, why the name change and, and what does marked mean? Start off, epidemic, the full word was just, I knew it meant infecting a lot of people all across the world. And I was like, I'll do that with my music. That's too easy to do. And then after, I mean, I, I stuck with it clearly for quite a few years. And then I got tired of people mistaking my music for somebody else's music or it being somewhere else. So 2014 I made the change to EPDMC I literally took the inspiration from Jordan Croucher JRDN and that was my that was the easiest way to do it for me just because I, I searched EPDMC I literally took the first E and then took it all the vowels and was like let's search this up nothing came up so I was like let's do it let's go so I mean that's how that epidemic kind of stuck and I really could individualize myself from every other artist out there and you and you kind of did with your music not to cut you off like from that yeah, epidemic yeah. to epdmc especially like when you release raps charlie brown like that kind of defined you that created a border from the young cat to the mature guy like you were yeah. still having fun and styling yourself but you could tell you were kind of growing into whatever this image was supposed to be so like you're at yeah. that epdmc epidemic and you were that artist, you said 2014, up until what, last year, pretty much this year, last this, year, last this year, past summer, basically. Yeah. So I guess that bridge, that progression, you did a lot during that space and time. And I mean, we'll get to that in a little bit, but I guess just yeah. continue on with the, the progression to where you are now. So, with Marked. Yeah, basically, I mean, and it's not because they're pandemic. Don't get it twisted. We're going to put that out there right now you it and had I have, nothing to do with this you and i sure. talked kind of because this was when you were yeah. also taking that break like you had a few songs out in 20 well you had a whole damn lineup out in 2019 and, and this was something i'm going to talk about later i'll bring it up now yeah. like you, you did those uh epidemic mondays which was just a fucking yeah. blast man and, and i need to do that again peace. but it's marked mondays now i was about because, to yeah. thank you thank you yeah. this is what i was going to ask like, is, is, yeah. are you going to roll out this new i think I have because to. you got a couple singles out you know basement was fantastic and and i told you it feels like you took a risk and what a reward like that shit was catchy yeah. as fuck and, and the fact that it was that. only a two minute song i was able to listen to that thing four or five times and i knew the whole fucking song pretty much off the top of my head at that point but that's what i was going saturday for. night man you do those kind of vibey songs not sing-along songs quote unquote but 
And I talked to Jeffrey about this because we were talking about that song off the record, how yeah. I can hear that song at Celtic Corner yeah. at two in the morning. I can also hear that song at Alderney Landing in front of 4,000 people. Like you found a range like, with both I, of these songs. So yeah, sorry. When I make that kind of a song, it's I, I picture where I want to be performing it, where I want to see people listening to it. I want to I want to be able to make sure is this some song that I'm going to be in like a 40 person bar vibing out or raging in in a 40 person bar or am I wanting like a whole crowd of a thousand plus to be singing along arms waving to it and everything like that and and that's what I felt when I did it and it was like I knew that with basement it was a step down in the sense not in the sense of value or quality but in the sense of stepping into the more quality of lyrics and writing I to, where, to be honest with you, it felt like Saturday night was epidemic becoming marked, whereas yeah. basement was like an introduction to who you are now. I could be wrong with that, but that's kind of how no, I no, read it. That's music. actually a decent way of saying it. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Just because like, I mean, I've always wanted to be an artist. I don't like I've like I always thought I wanted to be a rapper until a rapper is what my title was. And I don't want to be just a rapper. I wanted to be an artist. And I felt epidemic tied me down to being just a rapper. And it's cool. All the rappers out there that want to be rappers, by all means, go all for it, gung-ho and whatnot. But like, it's not how I saw myself doing it. I, I didn't want to be limited to just being a rapper because I know Russ is one of my big inspirations and has been for the past few years just because his style, I've been able to adapt his kind of style to my writing, to my melodies, to my flow and everything like that so pay homage to him big time that's the kind of vibe that i've always i think i needed to see it to know it was there instead of creating it myself i know i could have created it myself but being able to see that it existed and it was a market and a, a lane that i could actually at, like attack full head like full on now i'm starting to focus on that and really nailing that down because i i think that's what's most important in my sites right now is is that that lane and that's like almost summarizes the original question i asked like that's how you're at like you and i talked about this i'm just going x marked the spot like you feel like yeah. now you're in a place you might not feel like you're in the place in the space you want to be but right. you're in the place to get there and and yeah. like i said basement just felt so direct the fact that it was quick like i said to my buddy he he listened to it showed him your song. He always used to fuck with you and he didn't know it was you. He was throwing <laughs> off. And I was just like, I know the engineering sounds different, blah, 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 blah. You, but you seem to have a fantastic chemistry with the people you work with, whether it's a producer or an artist. And it seems like when you collab, things are seamless. Like you work so, so well with the people you work with. I guess talk about that process from like your beat selection. We already talked about your writing, but when you get yeah. to that stage with an artist and we talked about this on your show with me back when I was rapping, You've been in the space and you've been in the studios with some of the greats of the game, man. So I guess just talk about that chemistry and, and where does that come from? Chemistry. I don't know The I've always had a way of creating in a, an environment that's normally not what I'm used to. I've always, I think where the chemistry goes is the fact that like I've always, I've always had an ear for just certain kind of, beats that sit well with me i've never gravitated towards something that or i've never worked on a beat that i knew i wasn't ever going to use just because i knew 
the beat selection would depict the melody. It would also depict the the style of writing. But it's it's always been something that I've taken as a big step in the in the whole creation process because it starts with that for me because I can have stories, I can have these ideas, but unless I can portray them in a way that's melodically going to make the listener want to listen and truly listen, then it's it like there's no sense in me touching it if I can't do that. And that takes me back to the very beginning of this conversation when you were just talking about Eminem, The Way I Am. That song was so full. And I always say that the way the beat was produced, the layers of the different pianos, there's like four or five different sets of keys on that beat. Like you've got a drum and a snare, but there's really not a whole lot else on that beat. And when you look at the progression of that beat, it's just different layers of keys. But The Way I Am did have a hold in the back. There was a hard bass line, but... Like that bass line, you could tell was just a really deep piano key, and yeah. then you got the do 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 do. Well, he dude, he had Dre on his side, so I mean, he, oh, it, there was no way he wasn't gonna have something immaculate, especially because he already knew he who he was as mm-hmm. a writer. Then that I think that played to every single strength that his career has really shown. And I mean, you worked with a, a friend of both of ours, Mr. Camps, or I guess I should call him my, my best say, friend, Jacob, a.k.a. The, Cam Smith. I got the a funniest thing I have to say about that. It's okay. it's regarding my podcast because this may oh. come out before mine. Hey, if you want to if you want to break that news right now, feel free, brother. But I did a podcast with uh, with my best friend, Jacob, and it was actually the most humbling conversation I've had with this dude. I've actually never had a conversation conversation because no we've way. actually because me and you have talked about this and it's always saying, giving daps at a show or saying, Hey, what's up at a show. And that's the entire engagement. I've never actually sat down and talked to somebody on the side about like just life because artists, rappers don't do that shit. So I got to sit down and actually chat with this guy that I've wanted to actually talk to for quite some time. And he he did how many songs uh, like on his beats, two or three cool actually I, th- I think i used quite a few of them i don't there know if go. i've actually released a lot of them yeah. i know a, f- a few of them i think party the whole party on a sunday ep at, or i call it an ep it was basically an album but i think that had at least two or three two, two jesus three. so yeah anyways fine. so yeah I've, I've definitely been using them yeah. and i've gone back to them since i've actually i was thinking about using one that he had from a while back like recently and just redoing the whole recording process because i feel like i can deliver it better but that's that's on the side of things yeah that's what i mean so like you (laughs) you just said like to be able to talk to somebody you've worked with it's got to be like a weird like you said a humbling experience yeah so the fact that you were going to call him cam smith he was like this is the way i introduced him to my podcast and i was like he dropped canon and i was like I knew him as, and then I blanked. I was like, I forgot what his rap name was. He, he goes, that's probably best because I don't want people remembering who I was he's had as that a rapper. Con- he's had that conversation with me before because I've asked him where that shit's at. And I think yeah. the only album you can find is Canon. It's the yeah. only one that you can still find, which sucks because what was it called? And this is terrible. I shouldn't know. Was it Ocean Blue or something like that? And it's terrible. Some, yeah, something like that. That album was I know exactly. fucking nuts. Like the song with Earl was just like, yeah. oh. Any song with Earl is fucking nuts. Yeah. Let's get real here. Yeah, shout out to Earl's Jesse. Earl's another being. 
Shout out, shout out to his government name, Jeff Buffett. He he can't be mad because I played soccer with that guy and he uh, he got me on a date once, literally. Like we were up in Cape <laughs> Breton. We were up in Cape Breton. I had a broken foot and I had a crush on a girl that was on the girls team, the under 18 tier one Dartmouth <laughs> United team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no game, none, not at all. And I remember it like it was yesterday. Buffett came into the room. He said, you got 30 seconds. Put on your best shirt and perfume. I said, what? He says, "You're gonna, I'm not going to drop the girl's name. He said, you're going to go talk to blank. I said, no. He says, yes, you are. This man opens the door to the hotel room and he starts singing. And you know, Buffett. <laughs> the guys come up behind me. They pick me up out of bed, literally. Like they put their fucking arms under my armpits. They pick me up out of bed like they're carrying me out to the hallway. That's so crazy. And they put me down. Buffett's out there singing, freestyle singing, talking about how Chris got his eye on you. Like just breaking. <laughs> Too good. So me and this girl actually hung out for a couple of weeks, went to a Mooseheads game once the uh, once the hockey season started. And then we just stopped hanging out. But um, shout out to Buffett, man. Earl B, one of the goats. It was a blessing hearing him on Quake's album. And I want him in I, my my dream collaboration, local collaboration would be him and Pat Stay doing an album together. I mean, you and Jeffrey are a close second. But him and him and Pat hey, doing an man, album together. I would be, I, yeah, be, I can't knock that. Yeah, yeah. It would be nuts. Before we get to the podcast, though, man, real quick, uh, just to like, kind of like talk about your career and rapping and stuff. This is taking you places. I know like you're not at the peak you want to be at, but I right. know that you're impressed and, and probably take a lot of pride in what you've been able to accomplish. I never had a song on the radio. You've had at least one, if not two. And you've traveled not the world, but at least a percentage of it. You know, you were in L.A., you were down south in Austin, checking out South by Southwest. I think you were uh, you were in Atlanta, maybe not. Um, You've been out west. You've been out east, east. You were over in Holland. You were in other places in Europe, if I'm not mistaken. Bro, you've done things. But what's your I guess? Give me give me a good story and a bad story about your travels. And how much do you miss performing? Uh, Performing is be all end all why I do this. It's the connection between fans, between people, anybody. Being able to travel for music was always, always a goal. And I, and I feel like I still have yet to scratch that itch. I'm proud and I'm excited that I've been able to go where I've been able to go for music. Like that's, it's crazy to think that I've been able to travel for music. It's crazy to think that I've been, had a paid trip to go for music. That's also crazy. That's only happened once. But I'll take it. Hey, when somebody and, has belief in you, man, brag. Yeah. That's when you brag. That's when you're allowed. I always say that to people. Yeah. Be, be as humble as you can, but you're allowed to brag when somebody else believes in you. That's when you're allowed to say, you know what? The time and the effort I put into my craft, it's yeah. paying off. And you said it only happened once, but that's on your resume. So, yeah. but yeah, continue, brother. That must have been, like oh. I said, a, a beautiful experience, man, to be able to just travel and do what you love, man. First trip, we went to Netherlands. I took G with me to videotape it all. It's all on YouTube under Epidemic Official. I think it's youtube.com slash Epidemic Official. That's EPDMC official. We did a just a short documentary of that that trip. It was dope because I got, I think I had four performances in that entire festival and the whole festival is probably three, maybe four days long. So I had two in one day. I was like, where do I enjoy this trip? Just because I wanted to be able to just do stuff other stuff but i was so focused on capitalizing on the opportunities that hanka maduro gotta shout out hanka because she is the entire reason she came to nova scotia music week 20 
17 or 2018. And I can't remember which one it is exactly, but she was there. She spotted me. Shout out Chevy Price one time because Chevy Price was also a big reason why Henke even came and saw me perform. It put a big smile on my face when I saw the pictures of you guys working together and traveling together. Because again, that's somebody else who she ain't a slouch. She's Doug, she's, she's she's there, she's, right? She's so for, a beast, man. Yeah. She's, so for her to have that belief in you too, not that like I don't know if she took you with her, but you know the fact that she was still, you know, and I'm, you know exactly what yeah, I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like, you're, you're riding yeah. the kayak. You're riding the kayak. That was it. Was it was dope? And I mean, that was like the first one was big. Like the whole first time going to the Netherlands because we went two years in a row. The first time I went was mainly to focus on the performances because I wanted to be able to impress the people because everybody from every different part of the industry is there, labels, execs, producers, anything like that. So being able to not necessarily impress, but at least gain interest, gain connections, network. That was the biggest thing for my first year. And then the second year I went, unfortunately got cut uh, short as much as we wanted to do it a lot more, but we got cut short because of a flight flight arrangements because at the time I was working for Air Canada that that's my normal job and we had to fly on standby and somebody had to get back for work that we were flying with so we had to leave early I was supposed to perform Friday we had all day Saturday to travel take in the festival but we ended up at in the conference we ended up just traveling Amsterdam because Rotterdam and Amsterdam are not the same places so we went to Amsterdam to just tourists for the day and just took a train out there and that was that and then sunday came get i was getting ready getting my set together basically and we realized the flights trying to get home on a monday on because it was a i think it was the long weekend in may that everybody else was trying to get home so flights were overbooked so the only way out was actually to get a bus from rotterdam to frankfurt germany we took a bus like not a greyhound bus this thing was worse than a greyhound bus but it did have a tv in the headrest so i'll I'll give it that but we it it was a seven hour bus ride on sunday afternoon we got to frankfurt in the evening and i think we flew out the next day we basically stayed in the airport all all night and just left frankfurt the next day just to be, make sure we could get home because leaving from amsterdam was not going to work so that was the probably the shittier of the experiences just because the stress that i had to have because i had to plan out every single flight for four of us on standby that shit is stressful i will never do that again i'll do that on my own dime and on their own dime but not all on standby fuck that that stress I don't need in my life. Straight up, straight up. So yeah, what, was, what was what was a good time? Because like you know, you, you did L.A., you did Atlanta, you did Austin. So you, L.A. L.A. Yeah. L.A. was actually the best, even though the okay. Also a funny experience too, because we went to L.A. G and I went to L.A. Uh, first time ever going to L.A. So we had to explore. We had to actually navigate entirely on our own. Uh, we stayed in an Airbnb in this studio apartment, which had a loft, which was where the bed was. And then everything else was just like boxed off by like wood 
boards and everything and side note really but i mean we did we did get some dope uh uber eats and uh stuff sent there but the terrible part was the fact that we went to la to perform at a show because i got invited by people that i met at new school rules in in the netherlands but the person that was i was supposed to go with or i was supposed to meet was the feature on far worse which is kiddo but complications added up and she couldn't get a drive to the show she was stuck wherever she was and i was like the entire purpose of this trip literally literally the entire purpose of this trip was to not only perform with her for the first time that single but two was shoot the music video because we shot the music video when we were in la basically oh for two every pivotal moment in la that we had like we were shooting music video like we took one day went to all the sightseeing places and shot whatever we could for it that was fire to me and i was like great we'll meet up at some point and we'll just shoot the music video and shoot your part at least and stars never meant to align there Fuck. so Fuck. that that was that funny enough the night of the show we were using the the electric scooters all around the city all so around we were, la them electric all, scooters dude those are those are so dope because I mean we did we didn't have them in the city at this like here yeah. at that time. Well, it was funny so, too because you were just talking about Airbnb and Uber Eats like in LA at that point that would have all been fresh. We didn't have that shit in Halifax at all, no. right? Like you're talking no. about the future in the past. <laughs> exactly. So I mean, it's it was dope and like we didn't know that you could just literally drop them on the side of the road, clock out, and somebody's just gonna pick that up, go. And you can do the same thing. You pick up another one that's lying there. Yours is dying. Go find another one that works and go. It was dope because it was like, that's how we literally shot like a lot of the video was going to those locations because of those scooters. But uh, night of the show, we either ran out of time with like my phone was dying and you need to have your phone connected to the scooter for it to work. So the scooter was dying. And on the way back to get back to our place before we headed out for the show, my scooter, my phone died. So the scooter died. So G was on his and then his phone was on the verge of dying as well. So his scooter was barely making it. We had to go to like a pharmacy or whatever you would call it in LA and buy one of those portable chargers, but it doesn't come with a charge. So we had to plug it in first. to charge it for a bit and then charge oh, our phones dude. enough just to figure out where we had to go. Cause we had no idea where to go. We did that. We hopped on a, on a train, got back to our place, charged our phones, headed out for the show, did the show. And then we left on Sunday. Oh, we actually went to the beach for the first time. Well, actually in the water on Santa Monica beach on Sunday. Cause I was like, we can't leave without going actually in the water. Like it's nice to walk up and down that beach because it's iconic, but to actually go in the water and enjoy the day was fantastic. Plus not a lot of people can do that. You guys are East coasters, right? (laughs) So like you've had that advantage of being able to to seamlessly dip your feet in the Atlantic whenever the hell you want. Not a lot of people can do both the Atlantic and the Pacific. So like, that's, that's pretty fucking cool, man. Memories, man. See, that's just it. Like, 
you know, you said it, you feel like you haven't even scratched the itch yet. And I like how you said that you're ambitious. You've always been that way. And it's, it's one of the things I appreciate about you is you don't give up on your dreams and you enjoy them. And, you know, you just talked about how, when you were at Lockview, people used to make fun of you. And I know this from when I was rapping, when I was getting into my twenties, people make it from why are you still rap. It isn't rapping for kids, blah, 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 blah. It's passion, bro. And look what your passion has done for you. Those memories, yeah. man, as stressful as they were, you'll never forget those. And somebody like myself who just loved rapping and loved being a part of this community, that was my dream. And, and you know, my bucket list was to literally just travel and perform once. I had the opportunity to perform in front of my school. I had an opportunity to open for Mocha only. I had an opportunity to open for my service. Yeah, wicked. Everybody did. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but I mean, Amanda literally Mocha. though, Mocha only has been the most accessible person One to of the best, open man. for here because he just he, he he used to come here a lot. I don't think he does it a lot now. Yeah, Mocha Mocha. I remember, geez, he was here. That was the year he released like three EPs, yeah. and then he had one album, and then he had a collab album, and he came to Halifax like. He, he pretty much I'm pretty sure like the first the first show he came to Halifax, all the promoters were at that show and then he got everybody's number, went back to Toronto. Yeah. And then all the promoters were calling him. Hey, you want to come up? Because he's accessible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. I remember many, many years ago when I was working at the Four Points Hotel, he was actually staying at the hotel. And this is when he would have been a little bit more popular because this would have been 2008. And uh, me and him right. sat down. We had coffee at Coburg Cafe on my break and i just asked him about working with all the legends like you know people he opened for and i actually asked him what i'm about to ask you next was like you know what was his bucket list item for somebody like him who had been all over the world he said his bucket list item was just to open i think he said it was raekwon the chef you know like i said you've achieved so much but what's that one thing man like what is that one goal whether it's with your music or what we'll get to next your podcast like what is going to make mark hap mark de happy what is going to make you <laughs> settled and i guess content with your career's work or will you ever be uh i don't think i don't think you can be if you truly want to stand the test of time i mean you can create so many bodies of work and that's what people remember you for but i don't have that end goal yet i think that speaks volumes to how much i still have left to do as far as bucket list i like I have I, like short-term goals right now that I'm trying to reach for more than bucket list items, just because short-term goals are achievable as far as bucket list items may not get ticked off, you know? Hey man. So what are them, what are a couple of those short-term goals? Like what's something, what's the one thing I can't say at the top of the list, because I always find that it's whatever is at the bottom of the list that seems to be most important. I know you want to write what's at the top of the list first, but I find what's at the top of the list is most achievable. So I guess right. on that list, what is the most difficult that you're going to have to work towards? I think being able to tour the country on my own dime successfully. I think that's, that's a big one for me. And just to be able to call that like, and be like, and we've, we've spoken about that whole fame versus cult, like uh, conversation before, you know, I always kind of joked and dreamed about having quote unquote fans when I was a rapper but here I was now yeah. with fans from just talking into a mic rather than trying to be rhythmic, right? But I'm sorry, man. I cut you off, man. I cut no, no, you. no. You're, you're good. You're good. Yeah. I just, it's just funny because like to have that touring, you do have to have a cult like fan base. You can't just have that one hit that's going to take you. I mean, it may help you for that one tour, but I don't want that to be a one tour, one cross Canada thing. I want to be able to do that. I want like, 
like classified's easily able to do right now. That's an easy comparison right now where he's from here. I want to be able to go from the East coast to the West coast with fans that I know are actually going to listen to my stuff or, and support it, come out to the show, whether that's a 50 person club or a thousand person arena kind of deal. And I don't know if those numbers are even remotely like I'm sure an arena would hold a lot more than a thousand people, but like a thousand people to me, I hands down would be that you, you, you okay with that more than a career with a thousand people in the night, brother. Like you're, yeah, you're set for life with a thousand people a night. Like, so, and it's important too, like to do that, you, you would gain. And I, we were just talking about Mocha only the reason he came back to Halifax is because he had such a good report with mo- multiple promoters. Yeah. When you do that first tour on your own dime, obviously the success would be a return financially, but the success is even more so making those connections from coast to coast. And you yeah. just talked about that. You know, you went back to Holland because of the connections you made. And, and I would it, have gone last year and I would have gone this year. Oh, freaking COVID man. Oh, hands. Uh, like I was, I was part of, I was a part of it last year, although they didn't have performances like they did this time. Cause I think they're doing like record your performances before you go. I was supposed to be a part of it. And like, I was supposed, I was going to rent out like a, a, just the Fall River School of Performing Arts, get them use that little stage, but set up the lights properly, do the thing. Even if it was only a six minute performance, I wanted to do it right. I don't want to perform in my bedroom for, for six minutes. I know people know I can do that. I've done that. And it, that's, that's not, that's not what I want to portray anymore. And I want to make sure if I'm going to do it, I got to do it right. And if I can't do it right, I don't want to do it. And that's not because I'm bigger than that. It's because I know that I put 150% into what I do. So I'm not going to half-ass any any performance that I'm going to do be, to justify being a part of something. I'd rather give somebody else a spot that has the opportunity and the means to actually be able to put on that show. Well said. Well said. And, and, and you know, it's, it's completely off the the uh the the grid from what you're talking about but people ask me why i don't do video podcasts and i say that i'm a person that if i'm going to do a video show it has to be 150 percent i could cut this up and release it it would be nice to watch us talk but (laughs) are you really going to watch us talk no you want to listen to us talk and i've been successful with a with an audio podcast that I do put 150% of my effort into, like it's not the cleanest edited thing on earth, but you can only do so much with a zoom call. Um, And that was the beauty of your podcast. It was so well produced. You know, you were just talking about how you just don't want to be known as just being a a rapper, quote unquote, you want to kind of spread your wings. You realize that when you were known as just being a rapper, you wanted to be something more. And now you're part of what is a beautiful growing wave, man, of podcasters in this city. You were doing this before you were doing it again. You took some time off to recalibrate. And as you just broke to my listeners earlier, you uh, did your first show with everybody's best friend, Jacob. <laughs> I almost called him Cam Smith again. <laughs> He's going to kill me. It's, it's, it is what it, it's who it's who he was. I think yeah. he'd, he'd be okay with saying that it's who he was. Yeah. Yeah, as he's, an artist he's, anyway. He's making that money as as a different name. So and and, and I can't I can't hate on him, man. I no. can't hate on him at all. Hell he's no. doing his thing out there, man. Straight up. But no, man, your show was was wonderful to be a part of. Um the, I've tried Appreciate to direct that, as man. many of my listeners to listen as you could. And uh for the people that are listening at home that did tune in, that was the first spot, uh guest spot, pardon me, that I did on another podcast since I had done my name is Searle, and it is still the only one. And I've had other people ask hey. me to come on their podcasts. And uh, I've I've not turned people down, but I have said to people, I don't really feel like I need to right now. You know, I, I kind of, 
you know, I, I, it's not that I don't want to spread my wealth, quote unquote. It's not like I've got thousands of listeners to my show, but I feel like I built a community and I'd rather have people come talk about it on my show. But I, I was gracious and honored that you, uh, that you asked me to come on your show, man. And, And it's been a lot of fun to, to kind of refer people to that episode rather than an episode of my own show. Like I haven't been able to really talk about myself. And it was really nice how you just kind of sat back and, and listened and let me rant. And for the people at Twice. home who don't, well, this is what Twice. I was just about to say, like <laughs> for the people who did not listen to that episode, uh, me and Mark actually did a wonderful fuck two, two and a half hour podcast. And uh, we, 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 somebody took a bathroom break and we had a bit of a technical difficulty and, and a lost major conversation, but we ended up following that up the following week with another like hour and a half. And, it was a wonderful, wonderful talk, conversation because I was just able to sit back and express myself. And one of the things that a lot of people gave you praise for that I listened to it was your interviewing style, I guess, is just it's laid back, man. You're not trying to do too much. And one of the issues right now, and a lot of them are overzealous, a lot of them are trying too hard. A lot of them are trying to put in 200 percent, but they're not even putting 100 yeah. percent. You're so chill. And you made me feel comfortable. I mean, we were at Jeffrey's place, but he let us have that space. He let us feel comfortable in that space. And your interview style was fantastic, man. Not that it was simple, quote unquote, but you didn't make the interviewee, myself, think. I just spoke. I expressed myself. And uh, unfortunately for your editing process, it, it, it ranted on at times. And here I am ranting on right now, trying to listen to you talk about your podcast. And I'm going on about your podcast. <laughs> Party on a podcast, bro. Play off of your wonderful single slash EP. It's coming back soon, man. I was heartbroken when you said you needed to take a break, but um, I'm glad that you just needed to recalibrate. So just talk about the new direction with the show, man. I think I'm just, I think I see it now. I mean, it's funny because I didn't think doing the whole Zoom call would at all interest me in, in getting back to it just because I know we're in Nova Scotia right now. We're in lockdown. And being able to see people, visit people, even handshake is forbidden, basically. And to think that Zoom calls would ever interest me enough to want to get back into it is crazy. But the one call that I did, like I said, with with my best friend, Jacob, was uh, eye opening because like I got to connect with them by seeing them. They could see me and it was it wasn't like an awkward conversation. It was just something that I could do and and not stress about it. Like I'm like I'm I'm home. How can I stress at home? Like I'm 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 in comfy clothes. I'm in to carry that forward. I think that helps because whether they have to be on camera or not isn't isn't the point. It's more to the to the content and how they can be relaxed because they're at home as well. They're in, in an environment that they're not going to be uncomfortable. And I'm and I'm not going to put them in an uncomfortable position where I would ever want to change that. So the beauty of being on your show was the opposite of what you're saying. I love everything you're saying. Um, And Mitchell Bailey, who I just had on the show, he talked about the same thing because they were in kind of a studio setting space with the camera set up clips, you know, different style, different type of production. Your production. I love this in in person setting because up until that point, we were in those lockdowns. We weren't allowed. To, you said handshakes were forbidden. It was awesome to be able to sit down and chop it up with you and Jeffrey both yeah. of those times, right? I'm just supremely glad you're getting back into it, man. Not that I was worried that you weren't going to get back into it, but I also, so... I, what's that, sorry? No, I was just saying, just like moving forward, I think 
being I've I've now made a list of people that yes. are approachable that aren't necessarily the most approachable and the ones that like would help ratings for sure. Not that I need ratings. That's not why I'm doing this, but like pivotal people that I would want to talk to because they, they have impacted my life or my career in one way or another. It's a perfect so, way to put it, man. Like I, I, I say that to people too. Like you want the plays, you want the views, you want to build your brand. You want to build what you're doing, but you also want to keep it authentic and making yeah. sure it's the people that are true to you. And like, obviously you want to talk to a hero of yours. Mm. That interview might be trash. And as me, Anthony and Carlos found out with down the pub, some of the, the biggest stars that we could have never dreamed of talking to were some of our hardest interviews. Meanwhile, some of them were, were the most laid back. They were, they were us, they were humans. Right. Yeah. So the, the, the presentation of your show, it's just relaxed and it's perfect. And I'm glad that you find that through zoom because once you get past this zoom stage and into being able to do things in person again, you're just adding to your platform now, showing people that you're multi-accessible. And yeah. I think it's important, man. And, and long may it last, bro. I'm, I was a fan before you asked me to ever be like, I was like, I don't even do anything, man. But, <laughs> but, yeah. no, I'm excited to get back into it because right it's, it's allowing me to also uh, silence the times that are very silent or like to turn up the volume on times that are very silent because we are in a pandemic. We are in lockdown right now. Being able to talk about how you're feeling during those times is not exactly easy to do, but you're in a comfortable environment. If you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. If you don't, that's cool. Let's talk about the music. Let's talk about your daily routine and all that stuff. Stuff that I talk about on my podcast, you know? <laughs> so, but like, I want to be able to do like, I want to talk to the creatives of the city. I want to talk about cre to creatives of people in the industry, not just artists, because I feel like those voices, those lives and those people matter enough to bring their talents to life because some people that aren't on camera or aren't on the mic are not getting the shine or not getting the praise that they oh so deserve because I have people on this list that I guarantee would appreciate the exposure, but at the same time would appreciate knowing that I appreciate them on a level different from just being their creative side of things yeah it's actually i take that i take that first part away they yeah. would not appreciate the exposure as much i'd appreciate <laughs> them being a part of what i'm doing i know what you're saying i'm only laughing because that's the juggle that's yeah. that's the juggle right because it goes but it goes both ways but you have to be honest yeah. because at the end of the day if you're a podcaster you're a part of the media sphere and having todd vino on my show really changed that perspective for me when he said, no, you're providing journalism, Chris, this is journalism. This conversation you're having, it's an interview, but it's providing content that people are consuming in a way that they wouldn't regularly consume content. It's close right. to the way they would consume content, but it's not quote unquote content. The conversations you have on a daily basis are the conversations you have on a daily basis, but people it's fascinating how much people want to listen to two other people talk, three other people talk. It just it crazy blows my mind. But yeah. you said it, man, feeling comfortable. It's healthy. And I started yeah. off at the beginning of the show talking about this wild, crazy, stupid day I had on social media today. And it's like if more people took the time to do what you and I are doing with our shows and that's yeah. talking to the creative minds, but also human. And I said this, your show does a really good job of this humanizing this and and bringing 
I guess, a, a clarity to the listeners' thoughts. Like you right. had me on the show the first time, obviously the second time I kind of knew what to expect, but yeah, exactly. when I came over to your place, man, I had no idea what to expect, even though I had listened to the previous seven episodes of your show. Well, six up to that point, because I believe um, your episode with the boys wasn't quite out yet. Every episode was different, but the right. one thing that was consistent was that your style was comforting and presentable. So I'm just, like I said, the same thing with your music, man. I'm just glad, I'm glad that, you took the time that you said to me that you were going to take for yourself and that it is actually bearing fruit. Just having this conversation with you, bro, for the last hour plus, I'm proud of you. I'm happy. I'm happy for you. Thank you, you, man. There's a lot of people who are losing themselves during this time and it's really, really heartening. And I hope anybody who's listened to this feels that kind of sense of soul that you have. You've always been that type of positive person, even when things are negative. I'm not trying to be corny or cheesy. No, no, no. it's, It's good to see you on both of those lane in both of those lanes now because i remember when we had that conversation you were doing the podcast but you wanted to take a break from the music and then you said i got to take a break from the podcast so i can focus on the music you don't have to take a break now and i love it now if you need to take a break and want to take a break obviously <laughs> your prerogative your needs but i love as a fan of yours and as a friend of yours that you're finding the balance and um, yeah. it, it's it's great to see, you, brother. So keep this up, man. I'm I'm proud of you. And with that said, do Thank we you. got do we got some more music on the way? Like we got an EP, we got an album. You're just gonna you said marked Mondays, see, maybe. It's what I would hope for, but I need yeah. like that's that's one that I definitely have to plan out a little bit more. The thing is, like the whole Russ going back to his one song a week grind with how he came up, with how he got his claim to fame because he was releasing one song. A, a week for a year or more i don't i forget how long exactly it was but he's doing it again now and he's already got the status now so now it's just funny enough because that was his latest single uh that like that's that's the kind of grind that i want to do but i don't have to hit every week i'm thinking more less frequent but more as consistent so i'm trying to do it not to push too much music on people because i don't think you can really do that in today's day and age that i think i need to just put it out stop worrying about what other people truly think about it because i've always looked for opinions of others and i appreciate them i appreciate feedback about songs that i probably shouldn't put out or are just not exactly what i should sound like but like now i'm at a point where I'm writing music that I think applies a lot more to my life now that I would, regardless of what the content is, nobody's opinion could really shake that anymore. I'm, I'm done catering to people's opinions because I've been doing it. Not that, not that time really matters, but I've been doing this for, let's say, back to 14, 16 years. You're a veteran in the game, bro. You're a veteran in the game. So it's not even trying to make you sound old, but that's facts, bro. You've been doing this. I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a a long ride and I mean, I'm still going and I'm ready to still go for a lot longer. It's just the fact that I'm more independent than I ever have been. I've, I've separated myself from a lot of people. I've I've stayed connected with a lot of people, but the people that I want to stay connected with, be a resource to them as much as they would be a resource to me uh, is essential to me because if it's not, it's, it's, if there's no reciprocal, then it's not necessarily a relationship that 
I need to have at this point in my life. I'm 30. I'm not like, I'm not old. I'm not young, but I'm not, I'm not going anywhere with relationships that aren't two-sided. Time is of the essence as COVID has taught yes, us. Man. And you, you're 30. I'm on a, an other end of 30. I'm not going to say <laughs> two. <clears throat> Sorry. Little cough. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm I've learned that you know I look back and, and it's been very reflective because it was just my son's birthday there a couple days ago when I think back to last year leading up to his birthday and not being able to see him we didn't know what COVID was we were really taking I mean obviously we're still taking it serious now but to yeah. see a year later the one thing I grasped more than anything and I'm really glad I did even though it took me 32 years to figure it out was the concept of time can't waste it and it's most important to spend it with the people that reciprocate and i love how yeah. you just said that bro it's not a we don't live in a scratch my back scratch your back world but you know what the world moves quicker when you do that it's and there's times where you will need your back scratch that you might not get that itch until it until it happens yeah. but it, as long as you know that that will happen or you believe that that will happen yeah those relationships are the ones that matter because you know they'll be there end of the day and, Look at us. Fuck. Yeah. How long do we go? We can go years without talking legitimate, you know, and it's as much as we just talked about how much of a mess social media can be earlier. That's one of the yeah. gifts of social media is it's companionship such as ours, friendships that may not otherwise have that quote unquote fertilizer, if you will, to grow. You and I have been able to continue conversations and being positive through social media. Yeah. And it's uh, it's always been a blessing to be in your presence, brother. And and I look forward to new music, new episodes, new vibes. It's just good to see your creative I'm juices excited, flowing, man. man. I'm excited. Um, make sure you say save some time for the lady too. Don't be doing podcasts. All the oh time. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I, I definitely got time. I definitely got time. I may I make sure my weekends my weekends are definitely allocated. Straight so, up. Well, it feels like our conversation is just starting, man. Like, you know, and, I know, but there's there's more time for it, man. There's period. always time for it. Period. You always got you you got my number, you got my my it'll, zoom. You, it'll, this is it'll definitely happen. It'll definitely I, I I told you I told you the initial plan. I think I'll I'll have brother Jeffrey on here in a week or two, and then hopefully this this shit's gone and the three of us can link up. Right. And uh and shout out to Kelsey. Making you guys look like GQ models with these pictures, man. Like, bro, she, she's killing it. She's very talented. To Unbelievable. Say, to, to, to barely even scratch the surface. Unbelievable. Unbelievable yeah. talent. See, the thing, if we can talk about that a little bit, just, just as a tidbit, I know yeah, you're pushing sure. on time as it is, yeah, but for sure. Like, this basement song, that's the whole point of the photo shoot that I did with her. Yeah. I played it for her. I was like, I, I know her vibe. Like I at least can tell a sense of her vibe with what she posts on Instagram and the fact that she's a big NF fan. I knew basement track actually fit a lot towards that. And I was like, here's my new song. I would love to do a photo shoot with you. Let me know what you think of the song before you even agree to anything. She's like, love it. Let me roll with it for a bit. I'll grab some ideas and we'll go with it. So I was like, I, and I knew that was going to happen because I, I could just, I could sense it with the style of music that she listened to or liked that it would actually connect. And I couldn't have been more right. And I appreciate her for being able to dictate the entire photo shoot. Cause I was thinking basement, I was like a dark place. I don't like, I don't know. 
So, I mean, that's what I thought. And she said, well, here, let's try this, this, and this, and we'll go from there. It's like, so we did the, the highs of the highs and the lows of the lows kind of deal and it worked. So shout out to Kelsey. She nailed it. Kelsey, KelseyCaptures.ca. That's KelseyCaptures.ca. And I'm not even joking. One Check of her the, out. Yeah, one of the kindest, sweetest, most talented photographers in this city. Yeah. And uh, like I said, she did you and Jeffrey Justice, among other people. Like, it's it's actually funny yeah. how small the world is. Like, she'll post a couple pictures. And I'm like, oh, I know that person. Oh, you, how do you know them? And me and her yeah. having this conversation. And it's amazing how she's bringing a community together herself, too. And, and a lot of the photographers in the city are, but something special about Kelsey's work. And it's awesome that you guys have been blessed by it. Um, here we are Amen. plugging other people's work. I need you to tell the people at home, how can they listen to Mark's new single? Well, I guess it's a couple weeks old now, but how can the people listen to Still basement new. Saturday night and all your work brother? So basically marked M A R K apostrophe D no E this time. That, that's in the past. That's epidemic. Basically find it everywhere. Apple music, Spotify, wherever you listen to music, you can find it. Basement is not on TikTok just yet. I don't, I've looked for it. I guarantee you I've looked for it. And TikTok is super slow with adding songs to the algorithm unless you've added it like two months in advance. And who does that? So basically, I have two songs out as marked. M-A-R-K, Boston D. That's Basement and Saturday Night. Saturday Night, you can find basically everywhere. It is absolutely everywhere. And as far as everything else in my catalog, search EPDMC because I guarantee you, you can see the progression. You can see... The improvement but at the same time you can tell where i started to change or at least started to yeah let's go with change change my style up to better fit what i truly felt i needed to be straight so, up straight up marked souls that's m-a-r-k-d-s-o-u-l-s on instagram twitter facebook uh dot com if you do that but uh yeah, actually I, i'm not even lying to you i only just saw that yesterday that you had the full website up i knew you had got to update it so it looks good it, it does look good i know i do need to update it for basement though i think that's all i have to do uh, really fair, so fair but yeah and uh to put a cap on it brother where can people listen to the podcast as well oh my gosh where can they i haven't touched <laughs> i haven't touched that shit in so long uh well, you, anchored you, i was gonna say you're, you're you're an anchor show so yeah sorry go ahead pardon me brother anchor.fm slash party on a podcast i yeah. believe that's what it is i would really have to check this Here, i'll help plug your show and i believe it's available on all podcast apps i could be wrong with that one as well but i think i have it on three it separate is i ones. believe yeah. so yeah I, i've got you on apple spotify and google so i think Let's with anchor this. anchor they, they pretty much put it out on everything and, and uh you know i don't shout out anchor as much as i could because they give me uh 15 15 per thousand plays but shout out to anchor <laughs> Um, it is anchor.com uh, anchor.fm slash party on a podcast perfect. no hyphens no anything no ca no capitalization no nothing so perfect perfect yeah that's where they can find it look forward to them new episodes brother i cannot wait i'm Mark, stacking man. them up right now for the time being man i like i gotta I like, build up the you repertoire know you listen know? listen if i can give you one piece of advice to close the show that's a smart thing to do if i can tell you one thing it's time and you know i raced saturday to put my ufc podcast out with enough time for people to listen to it before the fight started and what i realized is that more people are listen to it sunday and monday after the fight it's changed my entire perspective on what i have to provide now i don't have to do these preview shows you know no. i can take my time and do that's actually a good review idea. show 
Yeah. Um, the preview. I th- stuff, well, I think people would appreciate that a lot more because then they like yeah. if they miss the fight, you know? Yeah. And what I've noticed from like I do, I call them hangovers. Like I did one for Askren Paul. I did one for WrestleMania. Um, they're hangovers because it's like, yeah, you were up late watching the event. You probably feel a little bit hungover and tired this morning. Here's what happened in case you forgot. That's kind of the right. direction I think I'm going to go with it going forward. But um, I like I like your idea. Stack up. And even if the content is dated, but just put that in your timestamps, you know, like it happened to me when with my very first episode, which scared me because I thought this thing was going to crash and burn because me and this guy are talking about preparing for next season with Halifax. And then he gets released the day before I'm going to launch the podcast. So that's like 30 minutes of my very first episode that was dated. But Alex was cool. And it ended up being a huge success. So, yeah, man, like I said, if, if I don't need to give you advice, you've been doing this. But if there's one thing that I'm noticing now with this being episode 42, I wish I had have stacked some episodes up and actually like built content before I started rolling stuff out, because then I'd have time to maybe do a preview show here or there. But then I would right. also have time to relax and do a review shows. So I'm just I'm just pumped, man. I'm just pumped. <laughs> like I said, I'm proud of you, bro. Keep up the great work. Once uh, once we all get together, it'll be a good time. You, me, Jeffrey, and we'll make sure Kelsey's there. She could take some pictures. We'll give her a mic, too, so yeah, she can man. talk some shit. But looking forward to seeing you, brother. Long overdue. Likewise, man. Likewise. Mark, my man, you take care, brother. Likewise, my dude. Take care and nothing but healthy vibes for you, bro.